Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force this, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC makes me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly and that is what CGV is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. You don't manipulate it to our own benefit. What you and that's what we That's why I love you. There you have it. We thank you Lord Jesus. As we go into your word tonight, we have understanding, we have clarity. We have understanding, we have clarity, our priorities are set right in the name of Jesus. And we are more and more prepared for the rapture, you know. We are more and more prepared, you know, to live well as, as believers on the earth. To adequately represent you and do the work you have called us to do. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So we jump right in, okay. So we jump right in. Hallelujah. We jump right in from where we stopped. Revelation 3. Revelation 3. Revelation 3 from verse 1. Right. Let me see if I can share my screen for those on YouTube. Alright. Alright. So. From verse 1. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits, or the sevenfold spirit of God, okay? And the seven stars. I know your deeds, okay? You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains. And is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you would not know what time I will come to you. Right, and you'll not know what time. Please hold on. I will come to you. All right, verse four. Yet I have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is just like we will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay. So, um, the church in Sardis is, is called the dead church. Okay. You know, the dead church. Hmm. Glory to Jesus, the dead church. That is a grave accusation. It says they, they, they look like they are alive. 
but they are dead. That's interesting. All right? You know, because, because these things are very important conversations, I'm beginning to think about how, you know, we can add these first few verses of the letter, letter to churches as part of our yearly sermon plan. Because it is important that we remember what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You know, thinking about it now, you know, I now wonder why there is so not enough emphasis of this in the body of Christ. It is as though we have taught ourselves, you know, exempted from the warnings there. As though, you know, it's not about us, about other people. That kind of thinking. Alright? And usually, when we don't take it to warnings, when we don't take it to where others feel, eh, when we feel like, I'm too good to feel like that, or, in the column pastor, me, I'm the good one, they are the bad ones. When we think like that, we can easily become the things we despise. We can easily become, you know, um, the things we we condemned. We can become the people we once pointed at and said, see those bad people. Alright? So, I intend to make this first few chapters of Revelation 1 to 3, okay, um, something to talk about every year. The letter, you know, from Christ to the churches. So that we can consciously avoid the pitfalls. Okay? Every man by nature and our environment is prone to error. To not fall into error is deliberate action. It requires that we consistently take it to ourselves and to our doctrine. Alright? So we'll talk about this at least once every year. We'll do a series of conversations on the letter to the churches. So Christ told them, I know your deeds. So once again, Christ is, you know, um, looking at our deeds. As a church and as individuals, Christ is, he knows your deeds. He knows our deeds. He knows Jesus' deeds. And that should give you, you know, uh, it should make you think that if Christ knows my deeds, what is he saying about my deeds? Not Jesus. If Christ knows Jesus' deeds, where do we stand before him? Is he appraising us right? Alright? Is he appraising us well? Amen. He says, yeah, they had a reputation for being alive, but they are dead. So the church looked like it was, you know, operational, effective, right? But before God, you know, <laughs> they were actually dead. Hmm. They looked like it was working. They looked like a solid church. But before God, it's the dead church. So it means, yes, you know, because it's a church, right? It means they were saved, or at least they had several saved people there. So church members, right? You know, so they were meant to be alive to Christ, but their works were dead works. When we see Hebrews 6 1 to 3, we see part of, of, of part of the foundational Christian doctrine, okay, is repentance from dead works. So, you know, they called themselves believers, 
but their actions did not look like it. Their priorities did not look like it. Okay, so they look like they talked like they were alive, but their, their actions, you know, their behavior, their, their to dos were dead, dead works. Bible says that they also had unfinished works in God's sight. So they had areas in their life and character that needed to be corrected and perfected. So they had several things they needed to deal with. Hmm. You know, we also understand from studying church history, uh, at some point during the church, you know, um, you know, uh, people's people, a lot of talking began to spring up, okay, the divisions from, from, from the principle of Christ that, that apostles taught. So a lot of funny things began to come in and all that, you know. A lot of a lot of churches came in. So even though they they were they carried the name church, their doctrine, their behavior as a church did not match up to the doctrines of Christ. Alright, so even though, you know, even though they orally claimed to be, you know, believers, their doctrine, their attitude did not look like it. But we see also that in this same place. There were still the remnant people, okay? The few people who had not sold their clothes. This is so good. That no matter how bad it looks like it is, okay, God still has good men. And this should comfort you. That no matter how bad it looks, no matter how many people seem to be compromising, all right, that God still has good men. God still has good churches, all right? So the body of Christ is not, is, not, is not always completely bad. God has people. Even, even, even you know, at the height of Israel's depravity, in the days of Ahab and Jezebel, God still had thousands of people who had not bowed, who had not bowed to bow. All right? So we as believers should take it to ourselves. You know, they are not just, you know, people that enjoy being called Christians, but do not leave it out. You know, in these days now, you know, it's not uncommon for people to just like being called Christians, even though they're never really born again. Okay, they like to to bear the name, but their actions do not look like it. Jesus warns us here that he will come for his church. And people like this, they will be unprepared. Okay? Those that, you know, that those that um, are saved, right? Well, nothing like it. Or those who are those who are not saved, okay, but just enjoying tagging along. He says that he will come back and they'll be unprepared for his coming. Okay? Those unsaved, just bearing the name of I'm a Christian. They will not come with him, you know, at the rapture. And those who are saved, you know, but their works don't show it. Yeah, they can make heaven right, but there will be a sense of loss, you know, when, when we are at the, at, the, at the when we stand before God, you know, and we and we are rewarded for you know our works. All right. So take it to yourself. All right. That your works match up with the name. Glory to Jesus. Bible says in Matthew seven twenty three. Matthew 7 from 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, you don't prophesy in your name, and your name drives demons, and perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. This is important. That people can farm us, they can farm church, they can hang around church, you know, they can, they can, they can look like they are believers, right? Okay? But their works, you know, it, it, it doesn't show it. It says they should be weary that he will deny them. Okay? I believe this speaks to those who are part of church, right? But individually and personally, they've not made a conscious effort, they've not made a conscious decision to follow Jesus. Okay? To, to, to receive, to accept, you know, the price he paid for them. This is very important. Alright? You know this part, when, you know, when, when Christ spoke about this, he was speaking primarily to those, you know, of his, of his, of his, of his, um, of his day, before he died and paid the price for sin. Remember then, that at that time, even though, you know, even though he had not paid the price for sin, people that, people that came along with him, you know, the disciples, the disciples were still doing miracles. Okay? They are still doing miracles, right? So, you know, they, they were part of the, the whole thing, right? But it's until he died and resurrected that they became saved. So this means that, so they, they, they were around him, right, you know, doing, doing miracles in his name, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they later, you know, came with the church, believed they died for their sins, another kind of stuff, okay? But, it, but this is my general, general idea. It's not enough to just call Jesus Lord, Lord, Lord with your mouth, you know. Your actions must, must, um, must show that he is the Lord of your life. This also is a note of warning to the backslider. Should be warned. If you find yourself backsliding, okay, um, losing energy, losing passion for your Christianity, be warned though to hold fast to what you have received so that you are not drawn away. Alright? Hold fast what you have received so you are not drawn away. Okay? Hold fast what you have received so you are not drawn away that is very important okay that's a strange sound playing okay <laughs> hold fast what you've received so you are not drawn away that's very important okay are you following me can i have comments to know we are together can i have comments to know we are together all right <laughs> oh thank you jesus and I have comments know we are together. Comments. Let's know we are together. Just drop a comment in the in the chat sessions. Let me know we are here. And we can hear me and we're following. If it feels a little um lonely out here. So let's 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 comment so we can know we are together. Alright. Uh, just now my Spotify was playing love song. Please oh it wasn't deliberate. Okay. <laughs> okay. Some of these songs I like to uh, to play there once in a while just to ginger my love life too. Okay, so we Christians should also sing love songs, so we don't have to play Casey and Jojo. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Okay. Alright. So let's continue. Alright. Alright. Okay. So in that chapter, chapter 3, verse 2, NIV says, Wake up, 
strengthen what remains and is about to die. And AKJV says, be watchful. Now, both words mean that to stand strong, you know, to be fully, you know, um, kitted as a child of God is a deliberate effort that is not just freestyle and vibes. You have to be watchful to watch your life and doctrine well. All right? Watch your life well so that you don't drift into, into you know, in, so you don't, don't drift into, you know, a casual and carnal spiritual existence. Be watchful. It means that you have to be deliberately, that you need to be intentional about maintaining your favor and your zeal for God. Very important, okay? It also says, strengthen what, you know, what is left. So, you know, the, the parts of your life where you are serving God well, where you are living well, strengthen it. Strengthen it. Be strong there. Don't withdraw. You used to pray well before. Don't stop praying. You used to study well. Don't stop studying. You used to eat the sermons. Don't stop doing that. You are always in your first to get to church. Don't change. You know, backsliding is hardly ever spontaneous. It's in the little things. The things you once cared about that you stop caring about them is a sign, you know, of ill, Ill spiritual health. If before you were keen to serve, to serve, to give your best, to keep going, you know, but now you are excusing laziness in your, in your Christian service, strengthen yourself, okay? Don't, you know, stop the downward slide, okay? Reestablish genuine spiritual works, habits, okay? Secure the good that remains. Amen. All right? Remember the joy you know you had in your faith. Keep going. Don't let it slide. Keep going. The parts where you are slacking, repent of them. Repent of them. Don't allow yourself to just keep sliding down. Repent of them. Change your thinking. Go back to the things you used to do. Very important. So even for us as a church, these chapters, you know, they are making it again to just go over our, 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 our church system our activities, our processes, okay, to strengthen, you know, areas we are strong, to strengthen it, areas we have, you know, we have let the, you know, um, we have we have let our ball down, okay, you know, to go back, repent, and start those things again, all right? So, for example, we used to, before COVID, we used to have this, our monthly evangelism, I think it was twice a month or so then, and stuff like that. we used to go out, you know, to, the, to ICM, to preach and all that. But since COVID and the lockdown, we stopped, and we didn't go back to that, or we didn't go back to it, okay? Now, so we have to go back again, and check things like that, and start again, okay? So, you know, we have to deliberately uh, maintain the standards. So this implies that as a church, as individuals, that you do appraise that for yourself every time. That you appraise your spiritual health. Amen. Very important, okay? Appraise your spiritual health. Are you healthy spiritually? Is your appetite for things of God, is it waning? All right? Amen. Appraise, appraise yourself. All right? Very important. As a church also, as, exactly as church leaders, not deliberately appraise ourselves. Are we slacking in any area? Because when you see those churches that, 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 that you now think are not doing right, they were once 
young like you and they had everything working well. At some point or over time, they began to drop the ball in many areas and they now, they now became what you now see today and you don't like. So it means that if we as a church and as TGC will remain standing strong, we have to deliberately, okay, consistently, every other month, regularly appraise ourselves. The places where we are doing well, strengthen it. Places where, places where we are sleeping, you know, repent and go back to what we used to do. And this also shows that we must give feedback. As church members, you know, we don't, make, we don't just assume. Where we are not sure things are working right, ask questions. Don't gossip, ask questions to the appropriate authority. Sir, ma, I, I'm not comfortable so and so and so. I'm not sure I understand what's happening here. Can you enlighten me? Do you get my point here? Feedback is good. You can't build a solid organization on only positive feedback. Amen. It takes more than yes men to build a strong church. So it means when things are not working the way you think they should work, come and have a conversation. Especially at this stage where everybody has access to me. Ask me questions. Reach out. Why do we do this? Why don't we do this? I think this is not okay. How do, do you get my point here? Reach out. So Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14, what you have heard of me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching. You know Christ told them here also, that hold fast to what you have received and learned. Hold fast to it. Don't let it go. It says, guard the good deposit that was addressed to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Again, this requires deliberate efforts to keep the pattern of sound teaching, to guard the, the gifts, the deposits that God has given to us. The things we enjoy, the gifts of joy we enjoy and manifest, we should guard it. Don't let it go. That should not become, you know, too, too posh for the move of the Spirit. You know, deliberately guard these things, the things we hold sacred. Deliberately guard it. Second Timothy 2, 1 to 2. To, to them also, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So we must ensure the consistent trans- transference of sound doctrine as a church, all right, deliberately reviewing ourselves to see that we are standing right. Very important. Okay? So, as a church and as individuals, do your appraisal. Let he that thinks a stand, okay, let him take it, lest he falls. Alright? When we read First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 5, from 1 to 11, we will see that, you know, Christ speaking, okay, so, I said Christ, Paul speaking by the Spirit, okay? He says, you know, now brothers and sisters, about the times and the days, we do not need to write to you. For you know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, you know, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on pregnant women, and they will not escape. Verse 4, but you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light 
and children of the day. We don't belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Look at that. Be awake and sober. Be alert. Christ is going to come back for us. Okay? Be alert. Be awake. Do things right. Verse 7. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a ailment. Look at this, verse 9. For God not appoint us to suffer rot, but to receive salvation through our Lord and Jesus through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Eleven. Therefore, encourage one another, you know, and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So this is the idea, right? The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, okay? There will be no there will be no heads up. I'm coming tomorrow, I'm coming next week, oh, ah, I'm coming by 4 a.m. It will come like a thief in the night. No one will know the hour or the day. Don't bother trying to predict the hour or the day. We will not know. We will not know the hour or the day. So we have we've all, you know, hey, this is vital. We all have to live ready. Live ready. Don't backslide. Don't deny your faith. You know, let me say to you, Yoruba, you know, uh, uh, maf, you know mafia are your mafia your four. You know, a lot of young people, you know, Ah, we are being, we are funny. We are thinking, you know, it's funny, you know, that I, I can just, you know, abandon Christ. I don't care what happens to me. Hey, you cannot just abandon, no. The end result is not good, though. Okay, so stand strong. Those things that attack your faith, stand strong. Don't let, see, there will be test of faith. The devil wants to make you, make you, make you, make you withdraw, backslide, reject Christ. He wants to sift you like wheat. You know, the same spirit that told Job, cause God and die, is at work in these days. Telling people, this God is not good. Cause him and die. So even though they're not literally causing him, right? But they are, you know, they are rejecting him. With, I'll reject him. I don't care what happens. Hey, hey, don't let the devil trick you. Bible says, Christ told Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I'm praying for you. So there'll be times in your life where there'll be pressures, challenges, questions, you know, things after your heart. The devil is trying to sift you like wheat. So, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Very important. All right? Very important. If we live well with Christ, it doesn't matter when he comes. We will, we will not be caught on our way. So even though it will come, you know, we will not know when it's going to come, right? But we will not be caught on our way, you know, in terms of the fact that we will be ready to go with him. Do you understand? We will be ready to go with him. Amen. 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 All right. So next, to the church in Philadelphia. To the church in Philadelphia. That's verse 7. So I'm going to share my screen again to the church in Philadelphia. All right. So I'm sharing my screen to the church in Philadelphia. All right. So verse 7. To the angel 
of the church in Philadelphia writes, These are the words of whom of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door whom no one that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word. You have not denied my name. Verse 9. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not but liars, I will make them call, come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Look at that. Verse 11. I am coming soon. Hold on. Look at this. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Verse 12. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. Okay? I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. I will also write on them my new name. Verse 13. Whoever has yes, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Alright. So, so the letter, letter to the church in Philadelphia. Alright? So, the Philadelphia church is a faithful church. So even though, you know, they were little, right? But they were faithful. They were little, you know, but they were faithful. Alright? Amen? Alright? Glory to Jesus. He says, I know your deeds. Alright? I know your deeds. See, this thing should keep ringing in my head. We will do, this, we'll do this, this particular letter to the churches every year. So you will keep remembering that Christ is taking note of our deeds. Okay? It says, I have placed before you an open door which no man, which no man can shut. Okay? You know, the doors in, in Scripture, in, 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 the, in the New Testament epistles, usually refer to, you know, doors for the expansion of the gospel and the church. We see this in 1 Corinthians 16, 8-9. Where Paul says, but I will stay on at Ephesus on the Pentecost because a great door for effective work has been opened to me and there are many who oppose me. Alright? This is also in Acts 4.27. Acts 14.27. Okay? It says, on arriving there, he gathered church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So, you see it also in 2 Corinthians 2.12, Colossians, Colossians 4. Okay, that um, the open door refers to opportunities usually for for the gospel to for the gospel to spread. So the faithful church, the faithful church will experience growth. The faithful church will have open doors of ministry. The faithful church will enjoy you know opportunities for growth and expansion. Alright, so we have to re- we have to be that faithful church. That yes, you know, we can be little, right? But we, can, we will grow strong, right? We'll grow strong if we are f- faithful. It's important that we don't only grow in numbers, but we are also strengthening faithfulness. That we, that we don't just grow numbers alone. Huh. But as we grow numbers, we are growing people also. You know, the, you know the trick the, the trick in church growth is that numbers can be increasing, but people are not getting deeper. So, you know, the church is growing wider, but not growing deeper. Voila. That kind of church will be, will be, will be you know, 
fruitful, will be, will be fertile ground for every kind of bad behavior. So, we must ensure as a church that as we grow, we remain faithful. Faithful to growing people. Faithful to grow. That people must grow. This means that and for people to grow, we have to help them. Eh? You don't leave your babies alone to grow themselves. You force your baby to eat, you know, with, with love and then you persuade the baby to eat, you know. So it means that, you know, for those of us that are, that are new to TGC, we can't assume that you know things. We have to beg you, pray for you, drag you to come to church consistently, to attend prayer meeting online, to come for Bible study, okay? We have to be deliberate about helping people around us to grow. And if you are the one also, don't be coconut head, okay? Make yourself available for growth. It's very important, okay, so that we grow as people, as a church, we remain faithful. That when, each people, when, when people come, they take on the church culture, which is the culture of Christ, and they blend into it, you know, supernatural ministry, you know, loving attitude, love, the love of God expressed through them, okay, you know, um, our, 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 our approach to righteousness, you know, that here we don't just, we don't, we don't just play around sin, okay, we must ensure that we adequately disciple those that God has sent to us. It says also that, that there is, they are small, right, but yet they have kept the faith, they have not denied the name of Jesus, even though they were opposed by the Jewish persecutors, even though the Jews, you know, cooperated with, with the Roman, you know, of their day to oppress that church, but yes, they are too strong. Christ told them that it will make you, it will make um, you know, the position those who have opposed them to know that to see that you know they are, they are people of God. This is the idea that you know the goodness of God to that church will make those persecuting them to see Omo, these are a people really loved by God. All right, all right. When we see verse ten, it told them that since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the on the whole earth to test the of the earth. Another version says, "I keep you from the hour of tribulation." So this is the idea, okay? That the church of Jesus Christ will not be on the earth during the tribulation. Amen. Tribulation will come after rapture. Seven years after rapture is the tribulation. The church of God, we that believe in his name, will not be here from it. Amen. That's a good thing. If you think the world is crazy, when the church goes, people will see crazy. Alright? People will see crazy. You think, if you think people are wicked, when the church goes, you will see that, not also, People will see how wicked human beings can be. Alright? Because the one that lets will let because the church is not on the earth. Alright? So it says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Hold on to it though. This holding on, you know, it means it is a deliberate effort. It is actively holding on. It's not merely passive, but active and deliberate, deliberate action to not drift active and deliberate action to not drift. Very important, okay? It says also, you know, um, that to those that stand to the end, they will be pillars in God's temple, okay? And they will go out no more. You know, um, Bible scholars think that, that that is, you know, a figurative uh, consolation 
for Philadelphia, knowing how many earthquakes you know happened happening in their city, and now earthquakes used to move you know pillars of buildings. All right, but he says okay that you know your inheritance in Christ is sure. Okay, it can't be moved by any earthquake. Okay, it will make them pillars in God's temple, and they shall go out no more. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. All right, this this um. The rewards that Christ speaks about are for every believer, not just for particular churches and cities, okay? All of them, all the rewards belong to all of us as God's children. We'll be dressed in white robes, we'll have the crown of gold on our head, stuff like that, okay? Amen. Alright? So let's go further. Let's wrap up this, this chapter. Verse 14. So the church in Laodicea Alright, verse 14. Let me share my screen to the church in Laodicea. Alright, are we following? Are we following? To the church in Laodicea. Alright, verse 14. Alright, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, right? These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, look at this, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Seven, you say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Verse 19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent. 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. 21. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as, as, as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the church in Laodicea Look at this. So again, I know your deeds. All right? You know, um, this church, you know, um, they had water coming from a hot source and from a cold source. So it appears as though water from the hot source, you know, met water from the cold source and became neutralized. Okay? It doesn't seem like, you know, so, so the water was not cold or hot. That was the the year living, okay. So, so looked as though you know the water also had some some bad chemicals, okay, that gave it 
you know, an unpleasant taste and smell. So Christ spoke to them with what they could relate to. Okay, they could relate to lukewarm water. And apparently, this water was so bad to the stomach and to the taste that you know, when you take that water, the, the, the impulsive reaction is to spit it out of your mouth. So Christ spoke to them with what they know. Okay, that they are just like the water in their environment. They are not hot. They are not cold. So they will be spit out of the mouth as the impulsive reaction to lukewarm water. So Christ is not saying that that um, you know they should be hot. You know what? No, you know generally we term hot for Christ as good and cold as bad. So he's not saying that they can be hot or cold. They can be good or bad. Or not be the middle. That is a very illiterate interpretation. All right. Yeah, it's talking to you know, referring to how important hot water is, and how refreshing cold water is. Both are useful. That's the point. All right. But the idea is that they were lukewarm. They were you know ineffective. They were just there, just there, sir. You know, because they were just there. You know. They were harmful, you know, habits, you know, as part of their daily character, that the reaction of such to such people is to spew them out of your mouth. And he says, You say I am rich. <laughs> you, have, you have acquired wealth and don't need the thing. Uh, but he says, you know, you do not realize that they are rich, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So this is the idea that you know, material wealth is not is not you know a complete test of spiritual of spiritual standing that you are worthy materially does not mean is the blessing of god some people stole the money and they are in church giving testimony and they, you know they have wealth some people have compromised okay so he says yes this, they are rich they don't need their thing physically but spiritually, they are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Okay, so we have to be careful not to let our our physical physical um, prosperity to become a cover for spiritual wretchedness. All right, so this church was probably very wealthy. All right, but they had no relevance, no impact to society. No one could benefit from them as a church. They're producing no real change in their members or society. They were an ineffective church, a church barely existing. They were, you know, lukewarm. They were room temperature. <laughs> That's what I mean. Some people just become the temperature of anywhere they find themselves. So they quickly become the society or their workplace. Or their friends. The church cannot afford to be that. The believer cannot afford to be that. You have to be the one setting the temperature of your environment. The church also cannot become like its culture. The church cannot become, you know, the temperature, the you know, spiritual climate of its environment. The church has to dictate the spiritual climate of whatever we find ourselves. You know. We have to be the foundation and pillar of truth. Okay, so the church 
to change society. Don't just be barely there. No result, no growth. Nothing, just there. Okay? Any church that is just there will lose relevance. So we have to check ourselves, all right? Check our church our, our, as people, as body of Christ in general, that we don't just become society. We don't, we don't compromise to fit in. So, so we don't become indifferent from the world and thus incapable of making change happen. All right? But rather, okay, we let our culture as people of God to flow into the world around us. So we are effective. We are hot. We are cold. Cold as in refreshing. Hot as in purifying. Hot as in, you know, yeah, you got my point, right? We're effective in our society. Very important. Okay? Very important. That we don't just become our culture. We don't copy their bad behavior, but no. We let our culture as believers to flow into our world. Alright? So it tells them, okay, if they don't repent, it will meet them out of his mouth, okay? It's not as though Christ will reject his church. It's not as though Christ will um, 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 by himself, you know, bounce people from the faith, no. But, you know, lukewarmness is really a sign that people are on their way out. So that those people themselves, you know, where they are behaving, any small thing can sift them from their faith in Christ, okay? And it is, it is one that maintains his faith in Christ that is saved to the end, alright? So there's a part that God does, the part we also do also, okay? God will not force anybody to stay in the faith. He will provide grace. He will provide strength, okay? You, you will lay hold of the grace. You will stand strong when things go wrong, okay? You know, it's in your, it's your choice to make, alright? So take it to yourself, okay? That you don't, you don't um, get lukewarm in your faith in Christ. All right? Do we have questions? Do we have questions? The Bible says that Christ says, is standing at the door, knocking. All right? This is very important, okay? That Jesus is tugging our hearts to repentance. That you will always hear him speaking to you about the places where you are going wrong. You have to take heed of it, okay? That we ensure, you know, that we remain intimate. But it says it's knocking at the door of our hearts, meaning he's seeking intimacy with us. He's seeking to be intimate with us. So allow him in. It's an intimacy with Christ that leads to zeal, okay? He wants to fellowship with you, okay? Let your intimacy, intimacy with him be built through fellowship, not just routines and programs, okay? That will actually treasure the you know, treasure is presence, is knocking, is standing at the door of our hearts, knocking, let him in. That area where you are, you know, struggling, let him in, alright? Seek help, talk about it, but let him in. We should also know that, okay, this last church that I've spoken about describes our generation very well, describes our, our dispensation, our generation very well. You know, we are actually the richest, richest, you know, richest generation of the world ever. This generation of people in the world, we are the richest post, post-Christ. Okay, post-resurrection. The richest. Okay, a lot of wealth, technology, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but it seems as though you know, people are you know, becoming lukewarm even, you know, maybe due, even, maybe even due to the kind of, you know, um, 
Generation that we have found ourselves, okay? Don't get lukewarm, okay? Preserve. Don't grow cold in your, as in lukewarm, in your love for God and in your love with God. Okay? Are we good? Are we good? Do we have questions? Do we have questions? You know, some believe that these seven churches, okay, that each of the seven churches, each of them, you know, um, each of them describe, and each of them describe the different church dispensations to this day. Yeah. Some believe that this, each of these churches, you know, describe, you know, different church, church generations up to now. That this last church describes perfectly our day. Alright, so we have to take it, okay, take it to ourselves that we don't just, you know, let ourselves be drawn to and fro by the cares of this world that will then lose sight of Christ. Do we have questions? Any question? Hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website www.thisgreenchurch.org for more info. God bless you.